Alrighty, everybody. Good morning. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Sunday morning. And for most of you, it is your finals for fantasy football. So if that's the case, good luck. Uh, Wiz and I are partners in the league, and uh, we went up against uh, C.D. Lamb in uh, a game of inches football that could have been a safety and ended up being a 92-yard touchdown. And uh, we are uh, definitely, definitely feeling the effects of that unbelievable game by, uh, by C.D. Lamb last night. Wiz, good morning. How are you? Bad. Doing, doing well. Getting ready for the... Uh action today and uh yeah it's uh, a tough one if you went up against cd lamb but uh we also got a little bit lucky with uh, having a monorail st brown and uh our last drive that probably shouldn't have uh, even happened uh without the <laughs> terrible play calling of mike mccarthy and um yeah, I got a reporter with like three catches on the last drive and uh, got Amon Ross St. Brown two catches and a touchdown in that last drive. So if you had those two players and even if you had Jared Goff, uh, you got points on a drive that probably never really should have happened. But uh, this is the life of fantasy football. And, uh, oh, yeah. What a, what a crazy ending to that game itself. Uh, well, I, I, I'll tell you, Wiz, the NFL is going to have to really look at this situation because the commentary coming out of, of the uh, Detroit Lions is that they have made extremely clear and I, I guess articulated, knowing that if it came down to this situation, they were going to run this play. It went, they went over this before the game with the officiating crew. Dan Campbell talked about that. And and Decker apparently did check in. Goff Goff said he heard it. I mean, uh, there's going to be a full investigation of what transpired on the announcing the, the uh, announcing the players announcing themselves in at the end of that game for for that two point conversion. Yeah, I mean, I, I've watched the play so many times, and the one thing that I have come to is it, it's difficult from just watching the play to. And watching what transpired to to really know what was said to the official, but the, the one thing I am certain of, one hundred percent sure of this, and this could easily be determined by anyone watching the game, is the Lions were were trying to trick the Cowboys defense. Yep. And the reason I say that is it, it wasn't necessarily those two linemen. Panay Sewell was over there too. So they were just trying to like mow around the official and kind of like be deceiving about it. But if anyone understands the game of football and what happens on that play is after that, they tell the official, the official walks right up to the defense and they, he has to tell them Correct. who's eligible on that, on that particular play. But if you watch the play, Panay Sewell's over there. Uh, that is, they have all three linemen over there. So they, they were just trying to make believe, I guess, that um, you know they were mulling around and uh, and, um, and and be deceptive on that play, which I understand. But that's the only thing I was sure about. Uh, but man, what a tough way to lose a ball game like that, and uh, such an important game to affect the uh, the the outcome and the seedings of the uh, NFC. Yeah. But by the way, I mean the Lions believe it or not, still had an opportunity with a win last night to be the number one seed in the NFC, depending on how other things shook out, right? Um, I, I get they would have needed some some big upsets uh, at the end of the year for that to happen. 
But they were playing for something. Uh, granted, they did clinch the division last week, so they have that in their back pocket for certain. But obviously, for the Cowboys, it's a whole other story because they're they're also fighting for that for that, for positioning uh, in terms of seeding in the NFC. So huge game. Uh, you talked about coaching decisions. I mean, we we kind of touched on this when we spoke in one of our chats. I mean, there were bad decisions being made all over the place last night. We don't understand Dan Campbell's rationale uh, around his kind of riverboat t- uh, tactics uh, when it comes to not kicking chip shot field goals, a little bit strange. Mike McCarthy's defensive efforts at the end of that game made absolutely zero sense. I don't know who decided to play that kind of loose defense because they were at the 25-yard line in three plays. It was ridiculous. It was just absolutely ridiculous to watch. It should never have happened. But nonetheless, uh, they came away with the win. Uh, a lot happening. But, yeah, I, I just think really, really I, – I, I respect, you know, Dan Campbell as a, as a leader, and, and certainly his players do. But this, some, of those, some of those decisions were just so difficult to ascertain. Yeah, I just want, before we get into the, the you know the the games we like and the player props you like, I, I just I would need to say one thing about like analytics. So you know the analytics is basically it's based on math and what to do in a certain situation. You know, fourth down and four to go for the kick a field goal. But but the one thing analytics doesn't take into consideration. Because, like I said, it's just math-based is game flow. What type of game are you in? Are you in a game that is going to be wildly high-scoring? Or are you in a grind of a game? And I don't understand this current NFL, right, with these under and overs are in the high 30s, low 40s. These teams... The games are, 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 you know, the final score, uh, you know, both teams end up in the low 20s a lot of times or 23-20 or 21-17. In those type of situations, those three points, that's gold. Those few goals you're passing up on are, are gold. So um, I, I just feel it's it's strange, and I'm just wondering if the math of these things aren't um, – taking over what should be logic and common sense sometimes. Oh, yeah, because I think, you know, there are many times we're shaking our head at the end of uh, at the end of a game or at the end of a week, if you will, uh, and the logic uh, around decision-making in the NFL, uh, you know, at the head coaching level just, just kind of defies all logic. Just a, a lot of times, you know, you and I are just, like, very puzzled by that. Not, not just you and I, many people are puzzled by it, so... Yeah, I think your point's well taken uh, in terms of game flow. It makes 100% sense. A- absolutely. Yeah, very, very, like I said, I was shaking my head a lot last night. Yeah. All right, let's get to the wagering. Games and sides. I'm going to start it off. I like two games. Um, I like the Giants with the points. I like the way Tyrod Taylor um, booked I think he could add a running dimension to this, um, not just, you know, on, on design runs like DeVito is doing, but, you know, plays that break down. This is what Tyra Taylor has always done. And, you know, with that Aaron Donald most likely getting those big rushes up the middle, I just think it's, it's important to have an experienced guy like that. So can they win the game? I'm not sure about that. I guess they can, but I, I want to take the Giants with the six points. And the other game I want to take, I want to take the Saints uh, plus two and a half against Tampa. I, I know what's happened, like with Jacksonville last week. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't throw, but Trevor Lawrence and the offense just wasn't right. Uh, I think you'll see a big game out of uh, Alave today. 
maybe Kamara as well. I want to take the Saints plus two and a half at Tampa. Those are my two games. What say you? With the games you like this. All right, Wiz, I'm going in the other direction in that one. I, I just I just love the way Tampa Bay is playing. I think Rashad White, Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield, you know, we talked about this during the week a little bit that we thought uh, another player in contention for kind of comeback player of the year, 30 touchdowns. He seems he's actually one of my prop bets today. I like the Bucks in this game, Wiz. Uh, I, I don't trust. I never trust the Saints when they go on the road and outside, and that's kind of where I'm leaning here. And I just think there's a lot of mo- a lot a lot of momentum um, with regard to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm kind of leaning on that momentum. So you and I are kind of opposing each other. I'm sorry about that. We don't we don't do that frequently, but that that's kind of where we are in that game. There's a lot. Well, your of- boy Connor's gonna you know your boy Connor's gonna love that. He's gonna love that. <laughs> Um, there's a number of games I'm looking at here with uh, small spreads uh, on a lot of them. Uh, I, I stayed away from your giant game, uh, the giant game, uh, but I do agree with you, by the way, that Tyrod Taylor's, uh, I'll, I will say that line to me, uh, for his rushing yards is completely out of whack. Um, that I will say it's, it's 24 and a half. So, so that, to me, it was one of the prop bets I was kind of looking at, and the fact that I, I it wasn't one that I was going to mention, but I was looking at it, and the fact that you've kind of talked about it, I, I'm going to be putting that bet on. Um, but I have uh, I have a handful of games aside from the Buck game, Wiz, um, that I'm looking at. Actually, sorry, four other games I'm looking at. Um, I'm going to go with the hot hand, Wiz. Um, Jared Allen, we've got one series of play uh, that we've seen from him at quarterback, right? Uh, sorry, uh, Jaron Hall, excuse me, uh, who's going to be starting in a very curious decision by the Vikings. But he played one series. He got concussed at the end of it, uh, trying to run it into the end zone. Jordan Love is playing at a very high level. He's getting uh, Jaden Reed back in this particular game. Uh, I think Tucker Craft is playing excellent football at tight end for them. Uh, Aaron Jones looked very good last week. I'm going to go with the Packers uh, on Sunday night, getting a point at home. Um, there's nobody playing harder for their coach right now than the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that team defensively has been fierce. Um, I'm very surprised at that line. Uh, it'll be the first game back for Pittman. Uh, this defense is playing as good as any defense in the NFL over the last month. We saw what they did with, to the Chiefs on Christmas Day. Uh, the Raiders are plus four. I know there is no... Josh Jacobs, it looks like, so it'll be Zamir White again. But I just think the momentum is here with the Raiders and that defense, so I'm going to take the Raiders four points. I'll say another team, Wiz. There's a kind of a – I'm really looking at teams that kind of are playing better football right now, and I think the Bears are one of those teams. I bet against the Falcons last week, and that was incorrect because uh, they ended up surprising me and winning that football game. But the Bears are playing well. I think Justin Fields looks a little bit better uh, than he has, although there's still work to be done there. But I'm more impressed with what they're doing defensively. Since Montez Sweat has come over to the uh, Bears, it's been a completely different story defensively. They're laying three points at home uh, against the Falcons on the road. I think it'll be a grinded game. I think Arthur Smith will be trying to run the game against the run the ball against the Bears, but I like the Bears laying three points in this game, Wiz. And believe it or not, Wiz, uh, a game where I'm going to, which just has no ramifications whatsoever on playoffs. Um, there's fallout in Denver for what happened with 
Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, we haven't talked about that too much yet, but uh, the way that was handled was, was, was real poor. Jared Stidham will be the quarterback. They've got a lot of injuries at the receiving core. I think the Chargers on defense uh, will, will play a tough game here. Uh, Easton Stick could, could have an okay game as well. So I'm taking the Chargers plus three against the Broncos, and those are my picks for this week, Wiz. So I had two two things regarding your comments. It, the Chargers are out their top three receivers in this game, and then if you have Sertan taking away Quentin Johnson, which I'm sure he is going to do, where, where is where do you think uh, the offense is going to come from? Where are they going to go? Yeah, I think I, I think they'll be using Eckler in this game. I think they'll use those tight ends in in Everett and maybe uh, the, the other kid. Uh, what's the uh, uh, stick stick or no, not stick uh, smart. So I think you'll see some action from those guys. Guyton's obviously going to have to play. But, yeah, I, I mean, I know it's a little bit risky. I just I just don't trust the Broncos. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm out of my mind, but uh, that's the direction I'm going. They're also playing for an interim coach. No, I don't, I don't trust the Broncos either. I was just saying, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned, that like, you know, how they're going to move the ball. Maybe Echo will, you know, be much more involved in the passing game. And the other one, you know, I, I hear you about um, – Jordan Love and the Packers, but are you at all concerned that without Jair Alexander and Stokes, the two top cornerbacks going up against Justin Jefferson for the Vikings, or uh, do you think they're just going to outscore them, or what's your view on how that game is going to go? Well, again, you know, we're going against a rookie quarterback that's got very little experience, right? So uh, that that's the thing that concerns me on the Vikings side. So we're going we're to find out early in that football game for certain what you're talking about. I mean, obviously Jefferson uh, is back and playing at a high level, but it is a curious decision moving to a guy that hasn't played in weeks uh, when you have a, a little bit more veteran guys uh, on your roster. Alrighty, so uh, take us out. I started the games. Take us out on the player props. Who do you love? Okay, um, Stefan Diggs to score a touchdown. Four of the last five games where the New England Patriots have played against the Bills, uh, the uh, Stefan Diggs has scored a touchdown in four or five of those games. I know we make a lot about... Uh, Bill Belichick taking out the best player. Uh, right now, the best player on the Bills is, is James Cook offensively. Uh, Gabe Davis is, uh, every once in a while shows up in the game, but it's been a mercurial story around the production from the first half of the season and the second half of the season for Diggs. And they're going to have to get this playing go- player going, I think, a bit more as they head into the playoffs, and, and maybe this is the opportunity. So I like him to be a touchdown scorer whiz in this game, plus 125 for that. I think Berrios at over 13 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I watched a little snippet um, in the HBO series uh, during the season, um, Hard Knocks, and there was a conversation I saw with Berrios and, and Mike McDaniel. With Mc- this was the game leading into Tyreek Hill potentially not playing, and Berrios and him were having a very frank conversation about needing him to contribute more, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, no Waddle, no Mostert, uh, you and I kind of agree that a chance is not 100%. This team is not super reliant on a tight end. I think we'll see Berrios do some stuff in this game. With, uh, Cedric Wilson will be playing receiver as well. Over 13 and, and, and Craycraft, uh, River Craycraft. So, But I'm going over 13 and a half for Berrios receiving yards. I talked about Mayfield, red hot, over one and a half touchdowns. I'm taking the over there. Uh, you mentioned Chris Olave, Wiz. I'm going over 67 and a half yards, Olave. And my last bet, Wiz, is combined yardage, Javante Williams. 
because uh, I think that's where the off- offense is going to go through this week for the Broncos. Over 73.5 total yards, Javante Williams against the Chargers. All righty. You got a lot of action going on today, and then I know you always, like it gets close to game time, you sneak about three or four others in there too. So it's going to be a busy, busy prop day for the guru uh, today. To me, I have a few that I really like today. I'm, I'm watching the snap counts every week with the Titans, and I'm just getting the impression that, you know, if if, if the Texans with C.J. Stroud get off to a lead, you're going to see a lot more of um, Tajay Spears, actually, than Derrick Henry in this game. So I want to go under 56.5 yards rushing for Derrick Henry. Patrick Mahomes, um, that number has brought, been brought down his passing yards to a level that I just have to play. Um, that Cincinnati defense is getting lit up by everyone, including Mason Rudolph. His level has been brought down to just my range where I just have to play Patrick Mahomes at over 269.5 yards passing. And the last one that I'm going to take is uh, Bijan Robinson. Uh, I think um, Arthur Smith's finally is trying to get him the ball more in the passing game where he could be out in the open field. So I want to go over two and a half receptions for Bijan Robinson. So Bijan Robinson over receptions, Patrick Mahomes over passing yards, and Derrick Henry under rushing yards. Those are my three for the day. So it's interesting, Wiz, on the Henry one. Uh, if you guys recall, and if you recall that first game early this year when the Titans played uh, Tennessee, I don't think we saw a... I think that might have been the worst game, actually, of Derrick Henry's career. You're, you're, I think he... I want to say he touched the ball something like, I don't know, maybe 20 times in the game. I think he... I think he had nine yards rushing in the game, if I'm not mistaken. The, the yeah, te- I, think, I think rushing was like maybe yeah, something close to that. Yeah, yeah. The, the Texans got steamrolled last week, and um, they were able to. The Browns were able to even rush the ball against them. But their defense was on the field every single play because their offense could not move the ball against the the Browns' defense. But this game, I think, will be a little different, especially with C.J. Stroud back. Time of possession will be better, um, and their defense won't be on the field. And they have the number one rush defense in the NFL. If you combine that with the snap count between Spears and Henry, you know, look, it's never easy playing under against a great player like Derrick Henry, but I just feel this is the time to, to do so. And if the Texans get off to a lead, you'll see uh, much, much more of Tajay Spears than you will see of Derrick Henry. So uh, for those reasons, uh, I just really feel good about the under on Derrick Henry today. Yeah, I think the other thing is, was right, like we're looking at we're looking at Derrick Henry's last couple two, last two games as a Titan, right? Like he's not going to be a Titan next year. Um, where he's right. going to be playing, I, I don't know. And you and I both know there's a lot of mileage on that player. I, I think there are great landing spots probably for Derrick Henry, but the, his role will not be the same kind of going forward. That's that, I think that we, I think we both kind of agree with that. And I, and, and I and the Titans. I think they've gotten a good glimpse of, of Spears. They've used him pretty liberally this year, and and I think they they have to be very excited about what they have in that player. It reminds me a little bit of actually Rashad Rashad White, actually. Yeah, yeah, Tajay. Yeah, I think um, I think Tajay Spears is going to be a special player in this league, and if he's the lead back um, next year, I, I think you're going to you're going to really see something. As far as Derrick Henry goes, I, I just feel like a perfect landing spot considering the player and the team. And you could see it by what the, the, the Bills 
have done, right? They tried to bring in Latavius. They brought in Latavius Murray. They brought in Fournette. They, they want a compliment to, to Cook. And I just think that could be the difference between a team that contends for a Super Bowl and a team that can win a Super Bowl. You know, we, you're, you don't have to rely on Josh Allen on these third and ones and twos and fourth and ones and twos to make a miraculous play. You just go back there and you hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and he gets those first downs for you. He's great, obviously, in the red zone. So that would be a very, very early prediction about a perfect match. And you could just see with them bringing in Murray and Fournette, they realize they want that type of player. So that would be a team that I'd really be looking at for a match between Henry and the Bills next year. All right. Well, we'll be uh, we'll certainly be looking at that come uh, come the spring uh, when we're when we're focusing on uh, free agency and all that sort of stuff. With so uh, awesome job. Yeah. Good luck in your finals. Whoever is in finals. Uh, good luck to us. Good luck to everybody out there. And uh, enjoy your Sunday of football. Happy New Year, everybody. It's been a, it's been a fun 2023. But uh, you know, Wiz and I are here to take us uh, through the playoffs as well. So Wiz. Nice job, and uh, we will talk next week. You got it.